1: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to maybe one of the biggest podcasts in the world, Fram Gangspotten, with Alexander Perleros.
1: I got a feeling, that tonight's gonna be a good night, that tonight's gonna be a good night.
0: Today's guest is the most legendary and iconic DJ of the 21st century. This French superstar has more than 100 platinum international awards. He has numerous number one hits with the most iconic pop stars such as Britney Spears, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Sia and Nicki Minaj. With over 25 years in the music industry, he has produced and written his own music, organized charities, headlines, music festivals and created his own recording label. Moreover, he has sold over 50 million records globally and has over 15 billion streams across all social media platforms. This guy is number one. At 54 years old, he continues to break into new space and smashing music records and setting of musical trends. David Geta, it's a big honor to have you here today. Welcome,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce you to Fram
2: Gangspotny with Alexander Paleros.
0: Hello, David. Hey, how are you, man? We're very good. It's amazing to have you here in the Success Podcast. So
2: what country are you from? Sweden. Oh, okay. Fantastic. I was watching the the Swedish House Mafia uh, Coachella set before going to sleep yesterday.
0: All right.
2: (laughs) I was, wow. I was so amazed. Like, really, uh, uh, I'm I'm a big fan, you know, like I saw them grow since the beginning, same with Alesso, Eric Pritz, all those guys. And it's it's really, uh, it makes me so happy, you know, like um, I feel like we're a little bit, you know, in the same family and, mm. and like uh, they make me proud of being part of this community. No joke, like so amazing. so amazing what they're doing. And I, I don't know what it is with, uh, with Sweden because, you know, I'm in LA right now. And I'm going to the studio every day after this, I'm, I'm going to go to the studio again. And I'm doing, a, you know, a, a, like what we call writing camps. It's like working mm-hmm. with songwriters to write songs together. And I'm playing music and they writing uh, lyrics, you know, and melodies. And so many of them are Swedish. And it's just, <laughs> I, I'm telling you the best people in the world. Wow. They come from wow. Sweden. And I, uh, always it's a quite small country. But this is why it doesn't make sense. There's a problem of statistic that why so many people in Sweden are talented is not normal.
0: What's your thoughts? What's need to be done to be one of the best in the world as writer, DJ, producer, whatever? Uh, you know, I think, I think whatever you
2: do, if you love it, you're going to be able to work more than other people. So that's not about nationality, but this is just a general rule is that I believe in talent, but actually not that much. I believe in, you know, the people, the talent is a result of insane work, you know? And if you're able to do the same thing for so many hours, you're gonna be the best at it. But in order to do this, you really have to love it because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna get tired of it you know and and the other ones that are crazier than you they're gonna win and i think <laughs> that's true you know i'm the craziest in this game because this is all i do you know and i love it so much and you know like i wouldn't make a pop song and then you know i need to relax and as a hobby I would make an underground song to have fun, you know, like when only someone <laughs> would, would do, go on the PlayStation or something like that. So I love it this much that it's my job and my hobby, you know? So I yeah, think this, yeah. is a, this is what it takes, you know, to be good in something. It takes a, a, a level of insanity.
0: <laughs> you know, but do you, but do you feel that you have something wrong? In your head, that makes you extra good? Yeah, for sure.
2: I do you feel oh, there's something wrong with my personality. This I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit crazy. No, no, I know it. Like, but my family knows it. My
0: friends, they all know. If you would ask your best friends, like, okay, tell me who is David Geta. what would your best friend say in the sauna when nobody here?
2: Hopefully, they would say, I'm a good person. I, 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 uh, I try to be a uh, a good person—that's the most important. But uh, but when it comes to negatives, that everyone would say that I'm a very excessive person, you know. And this is this is not good, you know, because you need balance in your life. But this is and this is sometimes what I'm explaining to my family is like, you know, I cannot do things half at this level. If you're going to be at this level in anything you do, you need to be excessive. You need to be crazy. You need to be obsessive because otherwise, how are you going to make it? You know, like there are millions and millions of kids that want to be producers. You know, um, there's this kid He's 12 years old. I was so flattered by this. You know, I have this side project uh, called Future Rave with my friend Morten. is mm. uh, uh, Danish, actually, not far from, from you guys. And uh, I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, the kid is producing only Future Rave. And he sent a demo, and it was actually good. You know, he's a U- U- Ukrainian, 12 years old, and it's not completely there yet, but very close. And I was like, imagine the guy left his country because of the war. He just brought his laptop and all day long he's making future rave, future rave, future rave, all day long. Wow! I mean, this this guy for sure is going to be good, you know, because this is all he has, you know what I mean? And I I thought it was really beautiful. And I was very touched because I, I, I heard this and I'm like, The fact that, you know, I've been in the game for so long and that I can still inspire kids that are 12 years old and want to become producers.
0: How do you manage to stay relevant year after year after year after year after year? You are are like the opposite of one hit wonder.
2: Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, I'm a DJ and everything I do is because of that. So, you know, um, if if I get tired of a style before anyone, like my entire life, you know, I started with playing funk and then uh, hip hop and then house and then Electro House, and then, you know, EDM, and then Future Rave, Melodic Techno. Why? Well, it's just because I don't know how other DJs can do that, but me, after a while of playing the same style, I get tired of it. And usually, when I get tired of it, it means that other people are going to get tired of it too soon. It's just that me, because I consume so much music, I get tired of it before. So then I try to look for something that makes me exciting. And and then sometimes, not always, because I don't win every time, but sometimes the new style that I'm into, people get into it too. But if if I would be just like, I don't know, maybe a producer that stays home, I wouldn't get tired of a style because, you know, you don't have to play every day. But when you play, you know, like, I remember when, when there was this big, uh, you know, when I made a record called Bad with that uh, together with Show Tech. <laughs> By the way, we just reached 1 billion streams with a dance record that is not even a song. It's really crazy. That's Uh, so crazy. 1 billion views on on YouTube. I was so shocked uh, with a video that cost $10,000. Like, (laughs) crazy, you know? And when we made that record, it was the start of that typical EDM sound. And then we got to a point that every single DJ was playing the exact same sound the entire day during the festivals. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired of this. (laughs) I can't take it anymore.
0: You want to listen to this shit anymore.
2: No, but you know, like, it's just, I loved it when when we started it, but then like when everyone does it and you're there and for eight hours, everyone plays the same. It's crazy, you know? So... This is what gives me the motivation to do new things. It's because I'm not at home. I'm there in the festivals, in the clubs for hours, you know. So
0: I always need that new sound. I must ask you about uh, Avicii. I was looking at your Instagram and I saw that you posted a video of late Tim Bergling, Avicii. And you wrote that he means so much to you and he was like a brother for you. Uh, it crossed my mind that I have recorded over 300 episodes uh, of of my podcast in Tim's studio in Stockholm. Uh, I the was same there stu- too. Yeah, you were there too at Strandwagen. Of, of course, Oh, nice, nice. And and now it has been uh, four years since uh, his tragic passing. What do you recall from from that day when you when you heard it?
2: It, it was very. Uh... It was very strange because, like, we, uh, we were talking a lot with um, his manager, Irish, at the time. Um, and I was very worried for him. So, I was trying to speak to him. We're trying to, I was trying to speak to, we spoke with um on, I, I called him saying, we need to do something. Can I do something to help, you know? And I tried to, sp- to speak to him. I don't know. It's just, it just a very sad moment, to be honest. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I saw him throughout the years, you know, getting in that pattern. And, and, I, and honestly, I really could understand what was happening because we had the same life. You know, and it's it's crazy because in his movie, I they, they interviewed me when he was still alive, and I'm I'm already talking about like his anxiety and how I relate to uh, the feelings that he could have uh, because my life was the same. I had the same type of problems because uh you know um you you get to the top of the world and then you're so scared to fall you know the constant pressure of delivering all of this um are things that it's very hard to un- to understand when you're not in this position you know and we spoke about it together but um you know, I think also maybe Hardwell had it, you know. And, and um, yeah, after his death, I completely changed my life. Wow. Because, uh, uh, you know, like the life we're having was, it was too hard. And I remember speaking to him, like when we were in Ibiza and we were like joking about how many shows. And I thought I was crazy because I was doing 100 shows. <laughs> And 50 shows a year. And he was like, I do, (laughs) I do 185 shows a year. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. And I told him like, nah, this is really too much. You know, I remember all those conversations we had on what I was telling you, you know, you asked me what it takes to be successful, but you see, this is, this is connected. I don't think people can understand that, but what I'm telling you, you need to be crazy to be successful. You need to be able to work more than your body can take to be successful. But then it becomes dangerous. And this is this is why it's so subtle it's so subtle because you need to be able to push extra, but sometimes you need to be able to stop. and you know i'm trying I'm trying to learn. Uh, from my mistakes, but also from other people's mistakes. Um, and after, after this, I, I called my entire team and I said, I need to change my life because, you know, I don't want to be in that same position. Um, and, you know, I, I did less traveling, less jet lag, less, uh, less after parties, like all of this,
0: you know. Yeah. Thank you very much for your to give us this thank you very much yeah i thought about that so many times i i I live in Mabea, and and uh, you know to to fly to la or like new york or something it's it's like i hate the jet lag and and you guys who are the top djs uh flying to hong kong flying to spain flying to france flying to you know over the world how do you how do you handle that how do you handle that? The jet lag, the after parties when you go to the nightclub, and you 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 know decide decide before like okay, I will go home after the show, and the the manager come. Come on, you must be here. And you,
2: uh, but you know it, it's 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 uh, a combination of this. I remember one summer that I was doing every week Vegas and every week Ibiza. Imagine. It was the worst time of my life. I will never forget. Because <laughs> I was not even jet lag anymore. It was just I was living in a in a parallel universe, you know, like I, like I, I had no clock. I was a zombie. And uh, and when you mix this with the pressure of having to deliver constantly, you know, when you do a show when you are in the studio with a big artist, when you uh, do an, uh, uh, when you are with your family that they didn't see you for so much time. So of course they expect you to be full of energy and happy. And, you know, it's just a lot to take. And, and um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was just a very intense moment when our music was really, you know, at the top of the charts everywhere in the world. Uh, including America which is like another beast let's say Um, is yeah it was a lot but but you know uh, I I, want to also remember you know all the beautiful times we had playing together making Mm. music together
0: yeah like Sunshine one of my favorites amazing what was it was it like your initiative or was it his or how can you, can you tell so, us a little bit like the
2: so we we were very good friends and i was very inspired by his music so one day uh, i worked on a record uh, sunshine and uh, and i told him like look it sounds really too much like you i'm a little bit ashamed to release it uh, <laughs> without you do you want to work on it together to finish it and, and he was like, oh, I love it. Yeah, okay, let me finish it. And um, and, and he finished it. And that, in that case, it was, uh, I think I came with the melody and, and he, he, uh, I gave him the melody and he finished the production. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I think so. And uh, actually in his studio that you're mentioning, one day I came and I had um, Lovers on the Sun and um, and this time, it was the other way around. I had this song, and he um, was so generous, you know. Uh, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do for the drop, really. Um, and, was like, and he played the keys, you know. It was so amazing to watch him play the keys. So special, so different from anyone I've seen before. And um, I was like, oh. do we do this? Ah, don't worry, David, like, you can take it, though, you know, like, it's just so nice, you know, it's like, no, no big deal, you know, he's not trying to hide this technique, so, you know, like a lot of producers, you know, it's a very generous person.
0: Yeah, you talk about Lovers on the Sun, and, um, uh, 2013 was like a totally crazy year for you. You had a collaboration with Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Chris Martin, Alfred Jack, and also, yeah, Avicii. Can you take us back to, to that year? And, and how can you describe working with all these icons in like one single year?
2: Well, you know, it was actually, uh, I think, from what year is this that you mentioning,
0: 2013?
2: What happened is that in 2009, um a few things happened that changed my life. Um, uh, one, I was playing in a club in Cannes in the south of France, and Kelly Rowland came to see me in a DJ booth and said, What is this record that you're playing? I said, Well, it's just a beat Ahmed, you know. And she said, like, can I can I write on this? Like, Whoa. Amazing, of course, you know that would be fantastic. And we released When Love Takes Over. Here and right after that, Will I Am I said, oh my God, man, did you are you the guy that met Love Is Gone? I love this record so much. Can you make a beat like this? I said, yeah, of course. And we made I Got A
1: Feeling.
2: And the same time we shot the video for I Got A Feeling, and I met Kid Curdy on stage. He was there for the video as a friend. And I said, oh my God, I love your work. You want to go to the studio tomorrow? <laughs> and we made memories. All the crazy shit I did tonight. Those will be the best memories. I just want to let it go for the night. That will be the best therapy. Then I went to London to perform a Radio 1 festival. And we played When Love Takes Over. And Akon was playing right after me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, whoa, David, I love this song. (laughs) I said, let's make one together. Oh, shit. And let's go to the studio tonight. I'll wait for you. And we met sexy bitch.
1: She's nothing like a girl you ever see before. Nothing you can compare to your neighborhood. Oh. I'm trying to find the words to describe this
2: girl without being
0: disrespectful. Oh no wow. Really That's also legendary. You
2: know. All those records they came at the same time with it the the within three to four months. and they, this is when I started to be on the map in America and all the big, uh, you know, it changed the sound of the radio, even in the U.S. And all the big American artists started to call me, you know. And from, let's say, yeah, 2009 to 2015 like this, including what you're mentioning this year of 2013 with Lady Gaga and uh, all those uh, massive artists, you know, um, everyone wanted to be on that, you know, dance music boat, you know, and, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And also you were mentioning Avicii, you know, the fact that Swedish House Mafia and Avicii were also becoming big uh, right after me it made us look bigger. So I wasn't jealous, you know, I was happy that they were successful too. Um, And it's still the case, you know, like I I always like to support people that are successful in my community because uh, we need each other to be a movement, you know?
1: Wow.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, Snoop Dogg, Sia, Usher, Black Eyed Peas, and and all these other kind of like big superstars. Uh, How do you manage that as a, you know, a teacher in the, in the school? How do you manage that? How do you say no to this mega superstar in the creative process? Because they are also creative and, and, well, you know, yeah, um, First, when they come to work with me,
2: usually it's because they want, they want my style. So they, I never have a problem with telling them, oh, you should do it like this or like that, because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't come to work with me if they don't want my taste, you know? So I never had like an ego problem. Um, but it can happen the other when you talk about saying no um there are two very funny stories when you know at that time i signed afrojack as a uh, my artist uh, to develop him when he was very young and um we wrote uh titanium uh, together with Sia.
1: Um, and
2: I went to him to finish the record because I, I i he had this incredible sound and uh and I needed him for that drop, you know and uh, I told him, you want to be on the record? And he said, no, no, it's, it's not my style. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was obviously a big mistake. And, and the same way, when we did... Um, uh, 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 what's the name of this record? Uh, One Last Time for Ariana Grande. Huge record. She was just coming out of uh, being a Disney artist. And I was like, eh, no, I don't want my name on it. not cool. <laughs> and I was like, and she became Ariana Grande, you know, <laughs> like probably uh, one of my favorite artists ever, you know? So, so, you know, it's just what I want to say is, you know, sometimes we say yes, we say no, and sometimes we make mistakes and it's okay. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember any like collaboration who was very, very, very easy and very, very fast and and become very big and also other one that was more like more difficult
2: every song is different you know um i told you about memories uh memories i made a beat flying to la i made a beat on the plane and that day when i landed i went to shoot the video and i met kid Cudi. Okay. And the day after we went to the studio, we recorded memories and that's it. The record was finished. It was like (laughs) the easiest record ever. And sometimes, for example, Hey Mama with uh, uh, Nicki Minaj. I worked, I think, two and a half years on the record before it was finished. I could never finish this record. It was insane.
0: What was the problem?
2: At the time, I didn't know, but the problem I didn't have, there was a part of the record and I thought this was the chorus. But... It was not a real chorus, and then when I realized this after two years, um, I was in the studio with Bibi Rexa. I was working in a in a different studio, and she was working a different room, you know. And I I'm, I was I was like, oh my god, I think I need a big voice, not only Nicki Minaj. I need something big for the chorus. And I went to the bathroom, and I heard the voice of Bibi Rexa. She was just working a different room. Imagine. Mm Do you see how many accidents? (laughs) There is all the stories that I'm telling you. You know. And I hear her voice. I'm like, "Whoa, she sounds crazy." This girl. (laughs) I go to the room, and she was working together with a friend of mine. And I'm like, guys. I have this big record, can you do me a favor? You sound exactly like what I need on that record. oh, wow. she cool. nailed that that chorus in fifteen minutes, you know <laughs> like this like uh, it was nothing, amazing. yeah, but that record took me two years, so you never know
0: amazing amazing and 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 also like you have um I know that you have um um uh, I know that Love, Don't Let Me Go is very special to you. Can you give us uh, insight on this mega hit? I remember this song and I have so many amazing memories with it. They play this song like everywhere all the time.
2: You know, uh, it's funny because I was like, I was listening to this and uh, I was like thinking, you know it's going to be very soon time that I sample myself. I'm going to be able soon to go back, I think, to that style and make it trendy again. That electro house uh, kind of vibe. Um, So, this is the first uh, uh, number one in the UK I had. So, that was like a big, big deal for me. Uh, Yeah. It was... It's also a crazy story. I, mean, I don't know how much time you have. <laughs> but the, the story was also fun because I released this record in France and we went to number one. But at the time, I couldn't manage to be successful uh, in the rest of the countries. It was only France, Holland, and Belgium. And um, I met the new version, like a, 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 a remix. And it's just so amazing. When I was playing it, it was absolutely crazy. And I went to uh, the the label in the UK. I said, look, I think this one is the one. We had the number one in, in France. And, and they said, no, we don't want to put it out. Because, you know, I was not... <laughs> cool enough, you know, whatever, you know? I'm like, okay. Then I went back to my label in France. And I said, look, this new version is crazy. And the guy said, no, are you crazy? We already had a number one with it. I said, okay, do you mind if I do it myself, independent? Can I take it back? Imagine, I was signed to them. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I don't care anyway. And, and, Then I went to each label, independent, in each country. (laughs) And we are number ones everywhere in the world for the first time without my label. Mm -hmm. And it's like so embarrassing for them because, you know, they had the record and they refused it. And I was their artist, you know. (laughs) And from that time, they they listened to me a little more.
0: And let's talk uh, a little bit about your new music, Future Rave started at the height of the pandemic three years ago. How does it feel to finally perform your music in front of your fans in sold out concerts and arenas? Well, it's amazing because
2: Future Rave is really record that I don't make for the radio. This record that is uh, meant to be for festival. Uh, you know, for like big crowds, celebration. Um, so together with Morton, we worked so much on this. And then there was COVID, you know, it was like so frustrating. So um, actually uh, the week, this week, we're doing our first Future Rave show together with Morton in Los Angeles. And this is so exciting. You know, this is, Amazing! Incredible that we can finally uh, have our show.
0: Yeah. Nice. We also have some uh, some listener question, and um, one of them is, "What is your dream artist to work with? What is a dream collaboration? Do you have some?" Adele, I
2: guess you know. Adele. Um, I told her I saw her in an award show. I don't remember when. I was like, "Please give me a chance. I know I can kill." It. You know, and uh, I think maybe she's a little bit scared of dance music or something. You know, but uh, um, otherwise, honestly, the dream for me is to find an incredible singer songwriter, the way I did it with Sia before she was so famous. You know, and and to put light on on. T- a new talent you know this is to me the ideal scenario
0: what do you want to work with in the future beyond the music is it something you want to get involved in uh
2: this i don't know i think i'm always gonna work with music um but but yeah i'm um i'm definitely uh a good A and R, like I'm good at spotting talent, you know, and and directing people. So I sometimes, you know, I feel like, oh, if I had another life, I could be like creating a, a label that would be like a all focused on making songs, you know, like a type of a a new Motown. Uh, you know, Motown was this incredible label where it was like a hit factory, you know, because they, uh, they had a vision on a certain style of music that they wanted to make. And they would work every day with different artists, but they had a team of incredible musicians and they would create all together, you know, and, and yeah, this is something I would like to do maybe one day when I'm older, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and like you have done like everything and been around the world. <clears throat> Can you tell us some of your like memories you have when you've been on stage? I saw that the, the crazy one on the pandemic, you were in Dubai and like everywhere, and it's that was that was crazy too. But but like when you are 80, 90, and you look back to it and say like, wow, that was that was so cool.
2: I think I think all of them, you know, like from like I- I, I toured together with Black Eyed Peas, like stadium tours. Uh, I toured together with Rihanna, st- stadium tours. Um, I did my own stadium shows, which was crazy, you know, when you, when you play for 80,000 people, like that, you know. Um, but also, I like the events that are very, that are cultural, let's say, you know shows like Coachella or Ultra or EDC or Tomorrowland, those shows, they speak to people that they're not only about the hits, you know, They they're part of that electronic culture. And for me, really, this is what I will remember is, you know, from the times that I was together with Swedish House Mafia in the DJ booth, watching Eric Murillo playing, uh, to, you know, playing after parties, uh, playing in some dog clubs with egg (laughs) prints, uh, together when we were starting, you know, to, you know, those shows in Ibiza with, with, when mentioning Avicii or, you know, like, it, it's it's the more, I don't know like <clears throat> I relate more to to shows where I can express something that is culturally relevant, and this is how I feel about Future Raid, You know, um, the 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 reason why it's so important to me because we talked about pop music a lot, you know, about all those huge artists that uh, I worked with. But to me, when I make Future Rave, it is is uh, at least as important, if not more, because it's culturally relevant. It's, uh, it's a moment where I managed to change the sound of dance music again, and, and, and to me, uh, it's, it's so incredible for me to be able to play a completely new sound. It's, it's amazing. Be. You know, it's amazing. And to see like, wow, the magic happens. It works. You know, people are into it. It's so hard to play something new. Um, and to see all the massive DJs that are producing in, in our style, it's, it's, it's incredible, you know. Um, so I think I might remember this even more. It sounds maybe a bit crazy, but but you know, the cultural moments that may be even more important than the commercial success.
0: What's this next step for future rave?
2: Well, I'm I'm actually working on an EP right now. Mm. Uh, I think we're gonna release it before summer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's the first time I speak about it. Oh,
0: yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. We look forward
2: to it. Thank you. And and right now I have this record, uh, this kind of uh, you know, UK house, uh piano house kind of record that's called Crazy What Love Can Do, together with Becky Hill and Ella Henderson. And it's doing so, so good. We're having a huge start. So also, you know. Europe is so scary right now in such a big crisis. You know, it's so nice to have just a feel-good summer record, you know? Mm. And uh, so I'm very, very happy about this record, Crazy What Love Can Do. Uh, It's working so good. When I play it, I see that, uh, you know, we released it only since uh, 10 days and the numbers are absolutely crazy. So uh, I have a very good feeling with it.
0: And I also must ask you because I was looking at your Instagram and I was like, this guy, he's so fit, and he is like wake all the nights, and you look so healthy. And right now you are drinking, uh, you are drinking like two liters of water. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have we only have some minutes left, but can you tell me a little bit of your your lifestyle, your your healthy lifestyle, or what 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 is important to you to to uh, be able to work as hard as you are doing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, uh, I live in a scene that, you know, people do drugs and take drink and all of this. I, I, I never do any of this. And it's funny because actually a lot of DJs don't do any of it. Um, it's, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm high on the music. You know, I don't really need anything else. Um, and also I eat very clean. I, like right now I haven't been training for quite a long time now. I need to go back to it, but you know, I think food is probably the, the most important thing, you know, uh, and, and drinking a lot of water and uh, all those things. So even when I don't train, my body stays kind of okay, you know. Uh, it's not as good as when I'm training, but it's, it's, it's not too bad, you know. And, and I think all these things, they're very important, you know. Like respecting your body, because we, we have only one body. We have only one health. And this is what I'm learning now too, because if there's one investment that is worth it, is your health
0: okay thank you very much for your time and and if if we all the listeners all the audience can, can listen to one of your song one of your hits uh which one should you choose in the end right now well,
2: it could be crazy what love can do because it's the newest one um yeah i think that i think that's what i would la- like to hear
0: yeah that's great that's great you take that one thank you so much David Guetta for your time it was an uh, honor to meet you thank you so much and I will follow you and I will listen to all your music and your EP and all that kind of stuff so thank you so much David Guetta for listening thank you very, very much thank you bye
1: run me up in diamonds cover me in gold but nothing they could buy me made my heart whole I've given up on romance then I found you ain't it crazy we're locking Crazy what love can do. Can someone tell me what is happening to me?